0: thank you for listening to or watching another episode of sntr presents this is going to be about bungie's silence on pvp a question and answer that's going to follow that talk i did my talk and said my piece about why i don't think they're going to say anything and haven't said anything for a while now on why there's a lack of pvp presence Uh, If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to Rage. And if you are listening to the audio versions, uh, they are starting to do mid-roll ads on my audio podcast, but I always place them in between questions, so it should not disrupt the actual conversation. So let's jump right into the conversation and questions here. I got one from Zerber who says, I am a new player and I got a warlock power 610. I don't feel any power rise. The monsters take the same time to kill. Is that okay? Power level rising is not going to really change TTK. Uh, even the only time it changes your time to kill is when you're under leveled. If you go into environments and you're like, you know, 550 power and the environment is 600, you're gonna die really fast and they're gonna die really slow. Killing efficiency is essentially a standard in the game that once you're at level, it just kind of stays there. And that's just how these games typically work. Um, When you roll over a game like Borderlands and you go into your second playthrough and you're 36, and then 37, 38, 39, 40, your level's going up. Generally, killing the enemies always takes about the same amount of time, and then the real difference is obviously gonna be your loadout, and then bosses will take a, you know, a varying amount of time. But that's just generally how these games work. It's, a, it's just a moving set of goalposts, and you do feel more powerful because you do more things with your skill tree, you know. and the number is going up, but it's not actually gonna suddenly make you cut through the enemy like they're butter. Uh, they want it to be a maintained universe where the is a threat. Uh, D-Low, couldn't it be that the Veil vale invade in D3, Shaxus, uh dies trying to fight them off, so now there would be no one to run the Crucible? Taking into consideration, we won't uh, have been practicing in the Crucible because the darkness is here and it's time to fight. If the Veil vale are our power level, then it might be cool to fight them and other Guardians in the Open World. Right, and I mean, I think th- th- everything that this person's asking about is contained in the leaks. So that could be the way that it happens, sure. I just, there's no point in speculating what they do story-wise. I just, I don't care to do that because we don't know. Rusty you may say this in the talk but they simply don't know what they're doing yet uh, they came out and admitted that they don't want know what they want to do with trials like in Star Wars no need to report the missing Jedi until we have something to report doesn't mean PVP is gone uh, they just don't know yet okay this is not a question so try not to do this guys I don't want you just to submit your your, your thoughts at least give me a question in there um, to interact with but you're essentially parroting what I said in the talk so, Jay um how would you feel about a dark zone where you face other guardians, but they're computer controlled, so there's no potential of losing your loot? I mean, again, we, I just we'll have to wait and see. I don't think a uh, a dark zone is ideal for Destiny, so we'll have to wait and see what they think is the right mixture. If the, if the leaks are to be believed I mean the strong push to RPG the game is going to be harder than it's been up to this point that's a significant change and that to me just continues to spell um, a, a, a change for Crucible you know if they're going to a hardcore RPG Crucible's not necessarily in that identity as it stands right now but a combined world or combined areas maybe uh, best Titan build there aren't a lot of good titan builds for pve right now honestly i like th- i like the code of the missile with skull fork because you can keep doing your seismic slams on the ground uh and then obviously you can run doomfang pauldrons with the bottom tree on sentinels not bad either because you can keep the super going and then when you run sunbreaker you know just run you know one-eyed mask and use your melting point. The, the the a lot of the Titan builds in PVE are weak in comparison to like a rigs tether, a Raiden Flux arc, or a Shards of Gallon, or even Ophidia Spathe. For you know the Hunter, those are all great builds. Whenever you go to yeah, Hollow Fireheart's not bad. Uh, but then you go to the, the Warlock, and you've got Geomags, you got the Phoenix Protocol, you've got the Skull of the Dire Ahamkara, I just feel like both the Hunter and the Warlock have far better PvE presence right now in builds, which is weird, because the Titan was like the go-to in D1. Uh, I Game Boy, what would Bungie have to do for the player base to come back? This is just very generic, I mean, I, I, the people that have left i don't know why they've left i would say the two main things they need to do streamline leveling leveling is a joke uh it's terrible it is it is the single worst leveling system i have ever seen in an rpg it is terrible um and after they do that there needs to be loot depth what am i chasing what am i getting where are the cool perks where are the cool items um once you fix leveling, you gotta fix the loot. It's that freaking simple. Y- you've got to give me a reason to grind and play, and loot has a lot of problems attached to it. Lack of agency, lack of depth, lack of power. You know, the loot's boring, and it's not that easy to get in, in Season of the Drifter. So. Red Raptor. With the rumor of no Comet DLC in year three, but instead another annual pass, do you think the player base will drop even more because they aren't going to buy another annual pass because they don't like the current pass? Bungie's the master at marketing, and I would think that the next annual pass marketing is going to be laden with, we learned a lot from our first annual pass. We learned that players don't like the content being inaccessible right away we learn that the players don't like the leveling process we learn that the players don't like uh we learn that the players do like you know player agency and ada bounties listen they they're they're comfortable in that seat bungie is very comfortable getting in a chair and saying we learned a lot here's what we learned you guys didn't like here's what we learned you did like and we're going to try and you know lean into that the annual pass was meeting a pain point of no drought there hasn't been a drought but there's been a self-imposed drought with crap leveling and no depth in the grind, no depth in the loot pool. So, solving the drought problem, good, excellent job, nice. What you gave us needs work, and I think that that's the way they're going to couch it. They're going to say, listen, They, they actually talked about that in between Season of the Forge and Season of the Drifter. They were very open and transparent. Luke Smith was the one who got transparent about the fact that we learned this in season of the forge and we're coming up with new ways to get people into the content quicker. That was them admitting they're learning as they go. So, I would admit, I would anticipate the next annual pass being very different. Also, the annual pass is going to start with a bigger delivery on the front side. Uh, so, I I would say I would say it's it's going to be it's going to be much better than what we got. Much better. I would also anticipate leaving your loot behind. Sorry. Suck it up. Uh, Stoke PJs. why wouldn't Bungie give almost uh, why wouldn't Bungie give almost 50% of their player base what they want when D2 hasn't been good there into the entire time what do you think the reason for them to take a chance on a future that might not even exist if D2 doesn't finish on a strong note I mean, this question's all over the place. I, I, don't, I don't really understand your question, um, so I'm going to skip it. It's worded very weirdly. Why wouldn't Bungie give almost 50% of their player base what they want when D2 has not been good the entire time? I don't even know what you're referring to. Um... What do you think the reason is for them to take a chance on a future that might not even exist? Again, I don't know what the frick you're talking about. I, they, they, they have plans for beyond D2, so I, that's just what they're going to do. I don't understand. Now, they do need to end on a strong note, but again, I don't. your question is bizarre. Bizarrely worded. Uh, Algoric. Do you think Bungie will uh, must nerf machine guns? The nerf to machine guns was dumb. Don't at me. It was dumb. It was dumb. It was not needed. Machine guns landed as an indictment of how bad the heavy weapon slot was. And instead of making rocket launchers and grenade launchers significantly better, they gave rocket launchers and grenade launchers a slight bump. The, gr- rocket launchers still suck. Uh, grenade launchers are significantly better, especially if you have spike nades. Um, but the nerf to machine guns was stupid. It wasn't necessary. It, it hurt. It hurt. Something came in and indicted the slot and said, this slot sucks. Here's a proof why you can now run a legendary in the heavy slot and use an exotic elsewhere. And Bungie's like, oh, you guys like those machine guns? Nerf. What? Uh, (laughs) Instead of saying, oh, this is an indictment about the weakness of this slot. Let's let's raise grenade launchers and rocket launchers to the lethality of a machine gun. They're like, well, let's just nerf it. Like, okay, neat. I guess that's how you respond to positive feedback from the community. So, uh, Bungie, if you're listening, Skull of the Dire Kara is terrible, and I don't like using it. Um and I hate the Midnight Coup, I hate the Warden's Law, uh, I'm going to just start saying I hate things and I don't like them, so you leave them alone. Like, if, if I'm going to praise something for its power and you're going to nerf it like you did Shards of Galinor and like you did on Machine Guns, I guess I'm just going to start saying I don't like anything because you're targeting the stuff that we were praising. We were, we were praising the new supers, we were praising the new exotics, we were praising Machine Guns, and Bungie's like, okay, cool, we'll nerf all of it. Like, I don't know what the frick they were thinking. Hey, JD, uh, how do you... What do you think of the recent Reddit post from the rep of Anon the Nine that the PvPVE zones are more akin to Planetside rather than Dark Zone? Well, that kind of makes sense to me because when we talked about that on the podcast, even Paul Tassie was like, I don't think a Dark Zone environment would work that well. And I kind of agree with him. So, again, I'd love to see the interpretation of how they want to put this and implement this. But I don't think a Dark Zone environment would work in Destiny. It wouldn't. It would be... I don't know. It'd be griefy and trollish, which our community would would love it but hate at the same time. The 909 virus. Theory about the Nine and its association to the darkness. What about the end credit scene where the Red War campaign Destiny 3 equals Dark Guardians versus Light Guardians? I mean, according to the leak, the Dark powers are present in the next game. I don't know if that means we choose sides. Um, So we'll have to wait and see. The end credit of the Red War campaign, like at the end of Vanilla... It doesn't necessarily indicate anything with the Nine, just that there's these ships out in the distance. I believe those ships are the ancient foe of the Traveler. Watch the the opening scenes in Destiny 2 when it's like a cartoon intro, and when they mention the ancient foe of the Traveler, these giant uh, triangle silhouettes go over the land. So the ancient foe of the Traveler is on its way, and they're going to be the main antagonist in the next game. I've been saying this for probably... You know, a year and a half to two years now. How long has the game been out? Uh, A year and a half now. Um, So, yeah, that I think that's what's coming. But I don't know if what has if the nine is going to be a part of that. Uh, Death's Advocate. If PVP was removed from Destiny, would you not believe that would greatly decrease the need for nerfs and buffs? Well, of course it would decrease the need. Here's my bigger concern about if they remove PVP if the impetus is because they don't have to deal with nerfs and buffs then that means that they're going to still work in this same narrow limiting engine and that's more concerning to me (laughs) than anything a new engine would allow them to separate the sandboxes pretty easily soaring eagle with bungie not being able to reference a previous uh, era of pvp that was was balanced does changing from arena style pvp seem to be the best to continue making balancing changes in the current format this is a softball. I mean, yeah, this is essentially what I've been saying, so yes, it would it would help. Uh, Eknor. Do you think it is smart decision that Bungie is making because of Activision's split that they clearly can't afford dedicated servers for PvP at this time, as the fans were hoping for in D3? Regular sandbox updates cost a lot of money. Why community so upset? PvE-only Destiny will enable a lot of possibilities, uh, like classes can feel and play much different. This is just another, this is just another pontification, like you're not submitting a question, so, um... Yeah, cool. I guess you can say that. Spr- sprittle. What would you set as competitive gambit rules? What would I set as competitive gambit rules? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, to me, I don't know if there's a if there's a competitive version of gambit that it can exist. I'm I am genuinely, um, I am genuinely curious how that gambit thing that they're trying to do the gambit tourney that they're going to try and do I really want to see what stack to the rafters teams do against each other in private matches um, I'm very very curious because uh, I feel like if you're first to invade and you have a tier 3 invader then that team's just going to win that's literally a th- that, that 30 seconds that that guy can go over and lock that bank that is an eternity in a game against a really really good team so first to invade having that i'm telling you what i i I, that's what i think it's going to come down to even if the other team hunts him down and kills him he could take a couple people with him then they don't just lose motes they lose time they have to pivot to wherever he is on the map or try to snipe him um they risk losing their own motes i just think first to invade with an invader full tier 3 set is going to basically determine every single game Uh, because you have to understand a really really stacked really really strong team with that 30 seconds he invades and locks their bank and they can't do anything and if they and if they can't do anything if they can't get near the bank cuz he he's looking at it and they're getting drained as well from the blockers being on there a really good team is going to literally just blow you out of the dadgum water they're going to be able to double invade he's going to leave he's going to come back they're going to hit 50 he's going to invade again and he's going to lock your bank for another 30 seconds I think their Gambit tourney, I, I, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to be mean, if they don't set a lot of ground rules and outlaw a lot of that stuff, it'll be a complete and utter joke. It will not be good. They're going to have to think through a lot of rules about that. No tier three invading sets, maybe. Maybe you can't invade at 25. You're only allowed to invade at 50. I have I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's not gonna go over well if they don't really think smartly through the rules. And who wants to do that? Who wants to spearhead that with the community? Like debating about the rules of Gambit and people saying just get good, that's not fair. I grinded for this gear, I grinded for this set. I just I, I don't want anything to do with that. Valcor Moon. Do you think Anthem has a better chance to recover players since it has no paid DLC versus Destiny 2's paid annual pass DLC? Uh, Anthem's in way worse shape, man. Okay, so if Destiny was on life support and Forsaken kind of like got the paddles out, thump, and then got him, now like the annual pass is like us. In, you know in recovery and physical therapy like we're learning to walk again right if that's the the visual picture for destiny um Anthem is still in the, in the operating room Anthem hasn't come out of the operating room yet they've got a lot I mean they've got a lot that they need to do um and that article from Jason Schreier makes it makes it tough to have confidence that they can do it um Very, very passionate, hardworking people are working with terrible tools and a terrible engine, and I don't know. I don't know if they can fix it. Bungie did it. Bungie's got an old engine. They're working in a bad engine with bad tools as well, Uh, but um, yeah, I don't know if they can do it. It's a sad story. I feel genuine. I feel like a genuine sadness for the people that worked on that game. It's it's a terrible story. It's just awful. Um, I, it makes me feel sad. I, I'm not angry at anybody. I'm I just feel sad. It's terrible, and um, and you can't blame EA either. Everybody wants to blame EA, just like everybody wanted to blame Activision. But like once you start getting the background story, it's like all of destiny's problems were not activision's fault they were bungie they were on bungie internal creative dissonance an old engine it's the same dadgum story bioware struggled internal creative dissonance lack of leadership uh, bad dev tools bad engine like it's the only thing you could really hang on ea is their insistence on them using the frostbite engine right i mean that's on ea because that frostbite engine ain't it ain't it ain't good it doesn't work for what you need. It's it's a homebrew, and it's got its own rules and systems, and it's full of razor blades according to one of the developers. Um, so, BioWare should have pushed back and been like, this engine's not working, and they should have started f- fresh with a new engine and been like, we'll make less money. Because the main reason they pushed the Frostbite engine is money. They don't have to do any licensing or, or revenue share on the engine. It's theirs. So... Engine dictation from EA is their fault. Bioware. Bioware has terrible creative problems. You know. Even as bad as Frostbite is, what they created in a year and a half, if they would have started the, the production of the game earlier than 18 months ago. 18 months before, you know, before launch, if they would have put three years into it, it probably would have been a pretty good game. But it's like their internal problems led to a very very delayed production and when production finally started they had 18 months and people are like well ea pushed the launch date but i ea ea is literally doing what a publisher should do we want this to launch within this fiscal year you've had six years like let's get the freaking game out you know Uh, Based says, odds uh, Destiny survives the launch of Borderlands 3 if community doesn't hear anything out of Bungie about the future of PvP. Your, Your question is very strange. Borderlands 3 does not threaten Destiny with respect to no announcement about PvP. You think fans of PvP are going to flock to Borderlands? Like, I, Listen, Borderlands is going gonna, is gonna to pull a lot of Destiny community over, but it's not a game-as-service game. It doesn't have the weekly daily reset vibe. It's a linear loop game that will pull a lot of people in, but a lot of people will always continue to come back to Destiny, and there's always going to be a ceiling on how many playthroughs the average player is going to want to do in a game like Borderlands, so I don't think Borderlands is a long-term threat to... Uh, to destiny and it's a mainly it's a pve game so no announcement about pvp and borderlands as a threat like those two aren't in a harmonious theme so i'm i don't really understand your question to a certain degree uh crimson link do you think the reason that bungie hasn't addressed pvp in totality is due to the uh, impending current loss of leadership in their crucible team or due to growth so many new pvp games well i already touched on the fact that internally they're probably restructuring uh, internally, they're probably restructuring, so they're 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 changing teams, um, they're changing, they're, they're they're changing the way that they think about the game. Right? You're not just you're not just creating the next destiny. A lot of the times when when game companies hit this point where they have a new direct the franchise director is Luke Smith. game director is rumored to be Chris Barrett and then you have major sandbox people leaving. it's because' there's, they're changing their philosophy about the game. And as you pointed out, other forms of PvP are a drain on the likability and the the marketability of a PvP like crucible. Listen. Everyone gave me grief and said I was making a mountain out of a molehill when I targeted that PvP trailer that misrepresented Destiny 2's Crucible. All those people, not only were they wrong, they were ignorant to defend fake footage of PvP, right? It was fake footage. Damage numbers were changed, time to kill was changed. I don't know what happened, because Triple Rec took issue with the, the the trailer as well and highlighted the different damage numbers, and then he deleted his tweet. I don't know what was going on there. I, I I felt honestly like the community were almost like trying to circle the wagons, like let's not criticize the game before it gets off the ground. Um, and so like I I felt like I, they tried to isolate me as like I'm the only one like saying this, um, but I ended up being right. Th- that was so misleading. So, you have to ask yourself this question, if before Destiny 2 launches, Bungie decides to market a version of PvP that doesn't exist, don't you think they knew that their PvP was gonna suck wind? Why didn't you market it as it was? You didn't market it as a as a, as a tactical, slow, 4v4 team shot. They could have marketed it that way. Play with your team, work together, Destiny's better together. That's the theme of Destiny 2, right? I, I, why are you marketing PvP in a misleading way all the way back to Vanilla D2? Again, there's just a lack of clarity and identity about what Destiny's Crucible is supposed to be. And then when they decide, I I guarantee you internally there was tension because a bunch of people were probably like, I freaking told you so, right? I told you so. I told you this wasn't going to work. They got to spend all their time and energy rebuilding the game for Forsaken. And when they do that, they jettison trials and they create Gambit. So from the very beginning, from the very beginning of Destiny 2's launch, crucible was in a very strange position they changed it it was very different and then they basically misled everybody with the marketing about the crucible it's like what in the frick is going on ag uh adjc says uh why don't they go back to the leviathan gear setup with perks on the armor uh and having to grind for a singular mod would you like kind of like a wrath of machine raid just wondering, it seems like uh, too much or not too much. Your thoughts? I mean, they may go back to doing that. They may go back to doing that. I just don't think... I don't think they They did the Leviathan perks as like, a, this is a good idea. It was sort of like Catalyst on Exotics. It's just a freaking Band-Aid. <laughs> it's like, we don't have anything, so just do that. Um and the problem is with being reactionary and doing band-aids is now you have people that are like, well, why don't these exotics have catalysts? And why doesn't this raid armor have perks and mods? Well, be, because those were band-aids, you know? Those weren't foundational philosophical changes. Listen, the raid team has done some amazing things. Scourge of the Past is fantastic, but the raid philosophy in the Leviathan is the absolute worst raid philosophy i've that, that that exists in all of destiny it's terrible it is awful and that those those perks and mods i that was also terrible they didn't even make you grind for them they were just there it's like oh cool i already have them on all my armor sets it was again it was just a band uh Dewitt. Do you think Destiny will add more dungeon-style activities like Shattered Throne in the future? It's nice to have something. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how to predict that. Neon Curry. I noticed that D1 PvP was a more Mayhem-style PvP, while D2 seemed more tactical. Uh, Do you think Bungie has been silent due to a huge shift back to Mayhem-style, and the devs not agreeing, hence the split? Again, I don't know. I I gave you my reasons why I think that they're silent. I don't think this is a reason why they're silent. I... I also don't think D1 PvP was Mayhem style. D1 PvP was um, a swinging pendulum of metas, you know? It was hand cannons and auto rifles, and then it was the Hawksaw. And then they had to nerf the Last Word and the Doctrine, and when they did that, Shotgun Rushing took over. And when Shotgun Rushing took over, everyone complained because all their nice primaries didn't mean jack, ...when some dum-dum runs around the corner with a god roll matador. So, they mess with the special ammo, and then when they mess with the special ammo, everybody uses sidearms. I was told I was told I didn't know what I was talking about when I said that everyone's going to pivot to sidearms. And then the Wormwood was the number one used weapon that weekend in Trials. A god roll sidearm that you could buy from Future War cult at the time. And then they mess with the uh, sidearms. And everybody runs to the Icebreaker. Another thing I was told that wasn't going to happen, and it did. Uh, and Sticky Grenades so d1 wasn't even mayhem style it was literally a swinging pendulum it was like this oh this is too strong Uh, now this oh this is too strong Uh, now this like you're just you're just getting dizzy watching the pendulum swing back and forth um kyoshin do you think it'll be possible for bungie to release a pve d3 for money and a free game and a free to play pvp for everyone else no, I don't think so. I, I just I don't think free to play PvP is a model that a lot of people are going to follow. It's very risky. I mean, it is super risky. Radical Heights, you know, I don't know if Realm Royale cost money to play. Was oh, it free? Um, free to play PvP has a lot of uh, blood and treasure, it has a lot of investment. That is a lot of risk. And. Bungie right now being self-publishing is probably far more risk-averse than they've ever been. This is why I think that they would start to. Um, this is why this is why I think they're starting to kind of circle the wagons and restructure and and set a new tone, um, because I think that I, I think that they for D three they're going to really want to make sure every cent they spend is in something that will bring return and bring investment and bring loyalty and um, I don't think a free to play PvP game is in the cards I think that's way too risky Uh, that's a lot of money and almost no guaranteed return Gracula, why do you think Bungie still develops using waterfall method instead of moving with the times and using agile uh, quick moving and development methodologies, is the entire game or just backwards thinking well, it's it felt like they were being more agile. It felt like updates were happening quicker. It felt like they were doing, you know, they were doing, you know, more updates. And it also felt like the annual pass trickle was an opportunity for them to kind of periodically inject the game with good things. But it, they've kind of pivoted back away from that. And I think one of the reasons they pivoted back away from that is, again, there's no live team support practically at all. They're just now addressing... Nightfalls not rotating properly, Ada's Bounty's not rotating properly. They're just now addressing that. Um they I think they just their folks are pivoting to other things, which is a cause for slowness. So I don't think it's backwards thinking. I think they understand that agile is better than waterfall, but it feels waterfall cuz it's more infrequent because of just probably bandwidth and manpower being shifted around. Evil Clown, do you think Bungie is going to turn Destiny 3 into like, wow, but where rating and leveling is going to be better in multiplayer and multiplayer is going to be limited? I don't have any speculation on that. We just have the the, the leaks. Mighty Moose, I honestly feel that removing PvP from Destiny uh, would be a complete mistake for Bungie to move forward with. The idea of introducing stronghold-type PvEVP could work, but it's just not Destiny that we've all grown to enjoy. What are your thoughts about Bungie going back to D1 Year 2 drawing board and freshening up the Crucible, including Trials? My thoughts on this are extensive and already established. They ran in a giant circle for the last five years, and they have not ever landed the plane. I have zero confidence in their ability to do it. The Crucible team has never impressed me. Um, They have a laundry list of failed iterations and efforts from Rift to Salvage to Lockdown to Breakthrough to Crucible Labs to Year 2 Destiny PvP. All of those are very easy to argue for failures and the game is in such a state now that trials isn't even in it so i don't know where you think they can go from here whether they go backwards forwards lateral whatever all the things they've tried to do have not gone very well so i it's just one of those things where i have zero confidence in Anything they try to do with PvP other than completely jettison how it's been up to this point and do either as the PvEVP stuff or even their attempts to do Gambit. Okay, we could throw Gambit in the ring, even their attempt to do their new game mode Gambit, the PvP aspect is horrendously imbalanced, horrendously imbalanced that's why i told people i don't have confidence for them to have foresight they didn't have foresight about the sleeper and the queen breakers being a problem zero foresight with respect to that and first invasion and prime and those and those armor sets make everything with invasion influence worse so again the lack of foresight with balance wasn't there i don't have confidence in bungie this this version of bungie okay it ain't the halo bungie anymore okay I have no confidence in their ability to create PvP environments that are good. I don't. They haven't done it. They haven't done it. Trials was only good because it was, it was a game mode that really, really let all-stars shine, but it was one of the most constantly complained about environments, and it got a very, very small engagement. Its best engagement was pre-Rise of Iron because of the bounties. People were in there because of the gear. The engagement numbers plummeted as soon as those bounties in rise of iron people realized they weren't getting the new gear trials engagement plummeted and matchmaking was terrible why because trials was not a loved game mode people went in there for the gear as soon as gear wasn't the motivator people left trials that says something it was the minority It was a massive minority in the community that loved trials and you see twitch and you think i'm crazy you're like but what about real crafty and what about all those fun streams that's twitch twitch loves pvp all right twitch loves pvp the destiny community never never rallied to trials in a significant way and its engagement was measurably on a downward slope as soon as loot was not in there in those bounties. That's all the proof you need that the numbers got juiced by loot, not by the experience. So the Crucible team, for four four now going into five years, they don't have any feathers in their cap. The reason that, that, that PVP feels so good is because of the guns, the guns feel amazing. The movement, the supers that all feels amazing, but the actual crucible, like the way it works, the spawns, the maps, all of it, it just has never been in a good state. We've gone in an enormous circle. I don't know how you can look at the history of the game for the last five years and act like it's just been this great experience. It's been amazing. And if Trials was a win, why isn't it in the game anymore? Why did it always have the lowest engagement every week of players? It, it had the lowest engagement. And engagement was up and down with, and it was relative to getting gear from bounties. Not, not with respect to the experience. Uh, Benzona, what are you expecting today from the Bungie bounty stream? I don't really care. Uh, Damon Gaming, do you think that Bungie and the community are exhausting themselves with the constant need for content? I've played this game almost every day for the last five years, starting to question my life choices. Does Destiny need time to breathe? Correct me if I'm wrong, but Destiny seems to be the only non-subscription game that goes this hard on content. Well, I mean, I would say I would say that that's one of the reasons why the annual pass is an experiment. They're trying to figure out how to give you enough content to kind of satiate that rhythm that you have. And I just think they haven't really landed there yet. Um, so, and if, and in the annual, you know, the annual pass and DLC purchases are kind of a subscription fee. You're just paying all at once instead of monthly, Uh, you know, if, if you want content to kind of last that long, you got to chunk up the money. Um, Sniping Force said, I thank you for your 25 month sub. I hope I did. And then DL Blacks was six months. Welcome back. Fuzzbounds. I think the reason Gambit was such a big part of the reason uh, content drops is due to the fact it got such good reaction at the community summits when it was a fixed loadout. It wasn't until it got released into the wild with different loadouts that it started to become hated. Do you think they will start to move away from Gambit in the future or dig their heels in and try to keep it as a pillar of destiny that they wanted it to be? Gambit is an experiment. Don't kid yourself. I think Gambit's an experiment. I think that they're experimenting to see how PvP and PvE can coexist. I don't think they want a separate sandbox. I don't think they want two separate distinct modes where lots of people play PvE and then these lots of people play PvP. I think they want to bring those modes together and I believe Gambit is an experiment. Don't you think it's funny that when Gambit shows up, when did Crucible Labs go away? when did Crucible Labs go away? I'm actually kind of interested in that. Because that timeline would be kind of interesting, wouldn't it? If Crucible Labs went away around the time that Gambit shows up, doesn't that say something? Crucible Labs went away in January of this year. So they were doing it all the way up until December of 2018, Crucible Labs. I'm actually very interested in that. I don't know. Because it seems to me that they're using Gambit as their new form of Crucible Labs. Like, that's what they're using to kind of test how, how players, you know, feedback and, and, you know, how it all goes. I just, again, yeah, th- this question gets at the heart of the issue, right? They didn't have any foresight about how imbalanced it was going to be. Right, it was it was good when it was curated loadouts. As soon as you leave curated loadouts, the the, the, the game mode becomes a mess. It becomes a mess, and then they're like, "Oh, let's do rolls and, and perks on, uh, let's do perks on the on the armor that changes the game." And what does that do? It uh, it causes more problems in the balance structure. Warning, ya. Uh, what about faction rallies is it it, it'd be easy to just add random rolls and for the winner it could be a curated weapon i've continued to say that since i don't think we're getting a dlc in september but another annual pass that they're gonna beef up that annual pass by reusing all of the year one gear the year one vendors and faction rally and throw random rolls in there that's what i think they're gonna do that's gonna be a part of it younger blood would you like a game mode in quick play which allowed no exotics? No, no. As soon as you start doing that, you're taking away. You are taking away the part of the identity, right? You're taking away part of the identity of Destiny. No exotics, no supers, no this, no that. Go frickin' play Halo and Call of Duty then. Like, come on. Dragon Tat. Doesn't the initial sales figure uh, recoup most of the development cost? I would like to know the percentage of players who bought D2 Vanilla just for PvP. If that number was high enough, could it support Crucible at least at a base level? Well, no, because Crucible has to be maintained, supported, updated, and then added to throughout the year. Recouping cost and then making profit on initial sales doesn't do much for you if most of those PvP players aren't buying Forsaken in the annual pass a year later. If they become non revenue generating consumers in the player base, right? Then there's there's your answer. It's 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 a it's a you're bleeding cash at that point if you spend a bunch of money on Crucible. How do you know they don't spend a lot of money? There's at least enough people in the Crucible playlist every single day, weekend, month. There's enough of them in there that don't buy the expansions for Bungie to make the maps free. Why? Because the shrinking player base matchmaking gets worse when there's a lot of homies in there that don't have the maps. So that's all the proof you need to know. There's at least a there's a tangible and quantifiable amount of players who don't buy DLC if they were teeny tiny minority then Bungie would have every reason every business reason in the world to charge money for the maps instead of giving away maps it would be a good business decision to say look 90% of the crucible player base is buying is buying the DLCs we're gonna make more money if we tell that remaining 10% that if they want the new maps they gotta buy the DLC." So, there, there's a quantifiable number of players that don't buy expansions, and they're quantifiable enough that Bungie says, we gotta make the maps free. Because if we don't make the maps free, these folks are in matchmaking, just cluttering up the joint. You know? It's, it's, this, this is not false. This is fact. This is fact verified by 343 uh, with Halo, uh, Respawn with Titanfall, and Golden Boy himself was in here the other day if you want an expert on PvP there's somebody that knows an awful lot about the PvP environment in the arenas and esports, okay? And he said, this is true, companies are now making maps free because not a significant portion of player bases don't buy, they just boot up and play PvP and they don't buy and it hurts matchmaking because there's a significant portion of people in the player base that are just there to play and they don't care about your expansions Uh, Degraded Nut Knowing Crucible is in the lore, I would imagine it's going to evolve because they can't retcon that. However, the arena shooter is dying breed. Do you believe Bungie's fighting a losing battle with the PvP community? I think the idea that they would lose players is just like, oh, they would never get rid of traditional Crucible because they would lose players. I think people overstate that because I think there's enough people that would buy the game to see whatever new version they come out with. And also, if they go more hardcore RPG, they'd gain a, a crap ton more consumers on the PC landscape that they don't presently have. So. Uh, Subhuman Mortal. In the vid doc for Gambit Prime, there looked to be a Taken Shader on the 21% Delirium. Is this because the Guardian had a full set of white Gambit Prime armor or is Taken Shader coming soon? It's probably a, an ornament that we haven't see, maybe we haven't seen yet. I don't know. Commander Tyke I think D3 wasn't the best idea they won't work with Activision anymore so they didn't need to make a new game in my opinion they should continue to make D3 content and then announce it as a huge DLC for D2 Uh, it would make our grind still relevant, your thoughts that would be a terrible decision number one, there's only so much they can add to these games, number two there's only so much they can add to these games on the old consoles, yes your Xbox One and PS4 are old check the launch dates when those consoles came out they're about to be replaced in the next two years so it would be a mistake to plant any flags or invest any time in destiny 2 now listen I'm not, I don't want to insult your idea a lot of people say this they're like oh my gosh you know that this, this game's got so much going for it. just keep building on it right Mike 30 and so gaming thought they should do that like build on the destiny 1 planets and areas and strikes he thought that they should just add on there's internal limitations that mean you can't do that make it so you can't do that. With the way the engine works, with the way the consoles work and stuff, there's only so much you can just keep adding and jamming into a world that isn't built on dedicated servers because it's, you know, you have to hold so much on the actual console and access so much. So I think the next game needs to be in a new engine. If they don't build the next game in a new engine, I don't know how in the blue frick those leaks from anon the nine become true how are you gonna build a truly big massive hardcore rpg how are you gonna do that in this engine i'm thrilled to see how they do it if they decide to use this engine i just i don't know i don't think they can stay in this engine at all i think that's why i think that's why They're gonna do another annual pass. It's gonna be a primarily recycling of much of Destiny 2's content, loot pools, um, Infinite Forest, Escalation Protocol, Blind Well, the Forges, uh, Reckoning. These are all they, they built. All these places that can be repurposed as grinds, as loopable content. All those weapons, all those NPCs, all those loot pools get repurposed. That frees them up to really start building the next game in a new engine. so that's why I think that the next annual pass is going to be structured in that way uh, Air of of Fire if you have any ideas at all, what will be your view of PvP and Season of Opulence? I think they're going to throw you a couple bones they're going to throw you a couple bones pinnacle weapon, probably an exotic that is centered around, uh, that is centered around it, there's a returning exotic uh, there's already been some rumors about the returning exotic from that Anon the Nine stuff um I can't remember where I saw that. Um, I didn't take a picture of it. Ah, uh, I think that's what they'll do. Now they may do something a little bit extra with, you know, shacks and some uh, shacks. Oh, Hawkmoon's rumored. Yeah, there you go. Hawkmoon. And uh, you know, maybe do some stuff with with shacks and some bounties. They're just going to throw you a bone. I don't think they're going to do anything significant. Maybe a map comes back. Uh, ganks. Ganks. With what I just learned this morning with the leak, do you think they're splitting the team to focus on D3? Definitely. Uh, Not even splitting, probably pivoting most of the team. Lord of Time. With the rumors of D3 being a harder game, uh, in what way do you think it will be a harder game? I think they'll have more... um, What's it called? What do they call it? Aspirational pursuits and content. They'll have more aspirational pursuits. So... I would think they would still give you like low level, fun, grindy content to do if you just kind of want to be the casual. You want to do the looties and the shooties. But if you really want to ascend to, you know, gear sets and perks and power and strength, there'll be more aspirational stuff for you to do that. JD Gamer, what's your thought on the recent leaks about uh, year three's big DLC will be replaced with September being a little bit bigger annual pass? I predicted it numerous times. Uh, the Arch the Archon Lord. Do you think that the next annual pass will still add new patrollable areas? Nope. Not at all. They're not doing it. Guaranteed. No new no new areas. No new no new spaces in, in the next annual pass. I I can almost guarantee you they won't. There is so much that they can repurpose right now. Infinite Forest, Escalation Protocol, Blindwell, all the forges, the reckoning. Um, you've also got stuff in the Dreaming City that can be repurposed, just the areas, just the, the, the ascendant challenges and the, the, the missions, uh, there's the baron fights. They've done practically nothing with the baron fights. And we're going back to the Leviathan. It's going to be the theme of opulence is going to be repurposing. Now, if they do it right, it'll seem like a massive amount of content a massive amount of content you just repurpose all this existing stuff you don't have to create new content new spaces, do you know how much they can probably do if they're not like, if they're not building new but just repurposing, they're gonna probably be able to give us a junk ton to do and to chase in season of uh, in the next annual pass not opulence, but in the next annual pass uh, RD, uh Erd GZD says, Has Bungie been silent in the past in similar situations? Yeah, they go silent sometimes. They do. They've gone radio silent before on stuff. And they do it when they don't have anything to say. Charbin. With Bungie's continue to struggle to produce content uh, out in a decent time without the help of all the manpower of Activision and Vicarious Visions. Oh, will they be able to? I don't know. We'll I'll just wait and see. Fuzz Bounce. A lot of people seem to think it will... Uh, if we didn't have PvP, Destiny will have crazy, super explosive, radioactive, Borderlands-style guns. Do you think we would have this, or do you think these style of over-the-top guns aren't really Destiny's identity? Also, wouldn't the 20% nerf of machine guns also indicate the fact that Bungie doesn't want stuff to feel that strong in PvE, regardless of PvP? Listen, the two sandbox guys that left, if they were the cause of the machine gun nerf, then we don't have to worry about that anymore, but when you say that it's, you're asking if over-the-top weapons aren't really in Destiny's world, I'm going to point to the 1K voices. I'm going to point to the Wardcliff coil. I'm going to point to the two-tailed fox. Like, this literally, if you take this skin off, that looks like any... There's a legendary rocket launcher in Borderlands that actually looks like that, and it's got bunny as its theme, and when you're done shooting it, it, like, bounces on the ground like a bunny, um so when you ask, you know, is, is, is over the top weapons I mean, Coldheart is literally in many ways inspired by uh, laser weapons from the pre-sequel Borderlands the pre-sequel so I think they could really go crazy, <laughs> we had war- we had wolf pack rounds, we had Siva Mites, we had Napalm on the ground like we've gotten a lot of stuff that definitely has a Borderlands-ish wild feel to it uh so the 909 virus do you think gambit would succeed as an esport if there were an item shop like having items that give you various buffs gambit as an esport has like a mount everest mountain to climb over if it wants to be considered uh an (laughs) esport i just don't just wait and see okay I've got a pretty good batting average. I'm pretty good at hitting balls out of the park when I make predictions. Just wait and see what happens with Gambit when, when they do their tournament, if it even happens. Seb Guts. Uh, Borderlands 3 has a release date. Do we hope that Destiny skips September this year? Or do we not care? Feels like Borderlands would win that fight anyway. Um, It won't win that fight it won't win that fight. I don't think there's a fight to be had. I think Borderlands is a, is a new is is a brand new game and Destiny's going to do a season rollover and they're going to kick off the new annual pass with a bigger a bigger chunk of content. I think people will play both games. I think people will play both games. Bungie has okay, I want you to think about think about something with me here. Think about something. In a year's time, look what they did with Forsaken. Applied so much player feedback Made so many good changes. Really brought the game forward. Okay. The next annual pass can do the exact same thing. They can say, look at the structure of the annual pass. Let's make it better. Let's make it deeper. Let's make it more substantive. And so I do think, I I honestly do. I honestly think the next annual pass of Destiny 2, it could be the golden age of Destiny 2 in the same way that, Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph was the golden age of D1. I think, I do. I think that that, that it could be the golden age of Destiny 2. It could be an amazing, really good time and really good grind. They have a lot of great, great information and feedback right now. And I think people will play both if Bungie gets it right. If the Destiny community has made anything clear over the past 4 years, we're now in our 5th year. They have made it clear that people come back when they do really good big updates. And if the kickoff to the next annual pass feels like a Taken King Forsaken moment. Now, it isn't going to be a DLC, but if what they do to the game, what they bring, what they what they promise, if it feels like a a Taken King style, right? It could be a really, really good time for D2. Forsaken was magnificent. It really was. It was a really, really strong DLC. In many ways, it may have rivaled uh, Taken King if it wasn't for the leveling and infusion. Just the number of Baron fights, the way the story was told, the raid. The raid's kind of cheese cheese fest now, but the raid was massive in scope. Just think about the size and scope of the Last Wish raid. The Dreaming City and the, and the, the trickle value of the Dreaming City. I just forsaken is a masterpiece. It really is. Forsaken is a masterpiece sullied by terrible leveling and costly infusion. Seriously, the leveling was crap. The delta scaling in the raid is the dumbest thing about it. The Last Wish raid was beautiful. Epic. Massive. That boss fight's ridiculous. Leveling was dumb. I played 16 hours a day and I was under leveled at the second encounter. That's stupid. That's That's like... Uh, that was dumb. <laughs> that was dumb. Um but it's a great raid. Forsaken is great content. So I have confidence that the next annual pass, if they take the substance and the depth and the and the and the quality of like Forsaken or Taken King and they stretch that out, it could be very, very, very good. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh Mario Espo Hi Lono, this is a PvE question, so if not allowed feel free to skip. Now you can ask questions about anything Destiny related. Do you think Titans need a super for focused, uh, for boss-focused DPS? Something along the lines of Celestial, Chaos Reach, and Slova it, Titans need help in PvE big time big time they go and they melting point, like that's their contribution to boss damage <laughs> like a freaking punch it's, it's so classic right, it's so Titan Um, yeah, Titans need a lot of love in PvE in general. This is one area where I would agree with you. Yeah, that's an area that they need help. B-Don Mac, if Forsaken was the life support, the annual pass is physical therapy, how is E2 going to end on a strong note if year three is another annual pass? This is, annual pass is us getting back out on the field. We can really take this analogy all the way there, I think. I think the next annual pass is the game getting up and running again and going out and getting back on the ball field um, again I think that we can have another that's what Rise of Iron and Wrath of the Machine and, and, and Age of Triumph was it was years of learning and implementing all that learning into a golden age of D1 and I believe D2 could enter its golden age It'll seem it'll seem it seems counterintuitive but I think it can happen if you think about what Rise of Iron brought in Substance and Size, it wasn't much. It wasn't much. Age of Triumph, what it brought in Substance and Size, it wasn't much. So this Annual Pass 2.0 could be significantly more substantive and better than what we actually got as far as like quantity and size with Rise of Iron and Age of Triumph. It could be the Golden Age of Destiny 2. Iron Skeptic Iron Skeptic Have you heard any good arguments on why Destiny would be no better off without the current arena-style PvP? All I have seen is the sentiment that taking out the current iteration of PvP would be silly or pointless. The reason that the people that argue on the other side are dismissive and insulting is because they're scared we're right. When you are dismissive and insulting, those are not arguments. That's the absence of an argument. They're fallacious. It's ad hominem to attack the person instead of their argument. The lack of dialogue and the lack of an argument stems from fear. They think that we might be right. You don't dismiss arguments that are easy to dismantle. I do it all the time. It's kind of fun. I dismantle bad arguments all the time because it's easy. Bad arguments are not dismissed, denounced, or engage with in a fallacious way they don't nobody does that the only reason people do that when you argue from emotion it's because you've been pricked in the heart and you're like "Huh? what nah, that's dumb it's stupid these people are stupid oh i'm gonna i'm gonna just mm. ooh, it'll be like a warm cup of cocoa on a cold day i'm gonna just drink it up when they eat crow when these things happen and these changes take place you know all their arrogance and all their smugness will be will be uh be a sweet little memory of mine. Uh Bo. What do you think Bungie needs to say to calm the panic on the PvP side of the community? They can't say anything. They can't. I don't think they know what the frick they're doing with it. They don't know. And the leaks that we have indicate there's they're investing more in combining PvP and PvE. What are they going to come out and say? Ignore Anon the Nine? You know? They squash false leaks all the time. Are they doing that right now? (laughs) Are they? (laughs) No? (laughs) So all your smug tweets and dismissal don't mean much in light of the silence (laughs) from, from Bungie and the leaks that confirm we're on the right track warning you do you think they should bring faction ra- <laughs> uh, faction rallies back with random roll yeah we already talked about that you submitted that question twice evil the waffler what if for crucible they accepted the changing of the pendulum all the time and every week it's just a different meta uh like this week 50 percent increase in damage of hand cannons oh my gosh i mean i don't know it, i i don't I, I don't know that sounds kind of wild i would be sad for them to throw PvP away before they really make it good. Deddies, separate sandboxes. Even if they did Deddies in separate sandboxes, brosif even if they did that, even if they did that, it still runs the risk of being bland because they'd have to balance everything. And if they make it bland, people won't like it. If people don't like it, your entire investment in all of that is thrown away if the core if the core player base doesn't like it. Why? It's an established franchise. It's so hard to capture new people to an established franchise. You're hoping that it appeals to people outside of the community in a way that is big and boist and, and strong enough to warrant all of the all of the investment into building it. I just the more you think about it, the more you analyze the risk averse nature that Bungie's probably sitting in right now. They're avoiding risk the more sense it makes to, to drift away from it. Uh, Wilhelms. With the leak claiming uh, pre-production talking points, how well do you think uh, Planetside South PvP... We've already had this question. I don't know about Planetside's PvP to know. I definitely know that it won't appeal to the, to the main PvP crowd. What I think they're trying to do, touching on what I just talked about, they want to get as much capital as they can out of what they build. So if they build big areas that are both that are both including pve and pvp exchanges of power and stuff they're getting more capital out of what what they're building they've got to build maps they've got to build matchmaking infrastructure they've got to build weapons they've got to build armor sets they've got to build all this stuff for pvp if they start to kind of bring the 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 venn diagram together so more of the game overlaps. They get way more capital out of their production investment. It's less risky. It's way less risky. uh, A.D.J.C. says, let's hypothetically go full PvE for D3. Do you think uh, that maybe shifting those who are working on PvP to switch into making more dedicated, prolonged content? Well, of course. I just touched on this, like bringing it together. All you people are now all working together to make a more harmonious game so we get way more capital. We've been too we've been too compartmentalized up to this point. It it make it, it it's there instead of splitting up, you know, divide and conquer, combine and conquer. Uh slays, slays here. How would Bungie incentivize PvP players to buy DLCs? Adding PvP-based DLCs like House of Wolves work? Well, they're doing it right now with exotics. They get you to buy because if you want the last word of the thorn, two of the most iconic PvP weapons in Destiny's history. (laughs) They sell them to you, basically. Crystallize. Like, let me go back. People that want thorn and last word... Because they spend most of their days slaying out in PvP. You think they give two hoots and a holler about Gambit or Forges or Reckoning? You think they give two craps about that content? No. So they're literally charging you, <laughs> charging you money. For, ex- for those guns they're basically being like oh you want the thorn you want the last word yeah pay up you gotta buy the annual pass N- they know they know that you're buying the annual pass and you have zero interest in the forges and reckoning and all that crap and the reason that they do it is if they didn't do that with the exotics, you wouldn't buy the annual pass. You'd be a non-revenue generating person that just wants to keep slaying out in the crucible. Why you got zero interest in what they primarily try to sell, which makes sense to combine the game and their efforts into more holistic, more harmonious game. So when you buy the content, you're getting th- that that consumer is getting more for their dollar. And Bungie gets more for their money. More for their production time. Crystallize. Do you hope in D3 that Bungie implements some sort of system to bring forward all of our emblems? Yes. I think when you go to the collections tab, everything from D1 and our collections tab, our titles, our emblems, all of that should carry forward. Yes. JD Champ. Do you think we should get to keep at least some of the exotics from D2 into D3? Oh, I'm not even thinking about that. I no. New universe. Let's time travel and leave it all the frick behind. Let's just time travel. (laughs) Get the frick out of here. New stuff. All new stuff, please. Salty, uh, waiter. Do you think the Arbalest is going to be released in Arc Week? Since we haven't seen it dropped yet. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it doesn't have, um, it doesn't have an, uh, uh, an, anything on it. And maybe this will come in huge during Arc Week. Maybe everything will have Arc Shields. Right? Because um, this does massive damage to elemental shields. And then you get kinetic damage buff with disruption break. So maybe during arc week, they're going to do some some nutty thing where that weapon's going to get a lot of footing. Why else, why else would you use that gun? <laughs> if there's not a lot of shields in play. Uh, Feign death. Do you think Bungie would ever release a PvP experience on its own, maybe following Fortnite Apex model? Um... I mean, maybe. Um, Again, very risky. Uh, Very, very risky. I just, I don't think that they're going to want to go that route. That's a lot of time in production. Um, And then you're siphoning off players. You're, I don't, I just, I don't think, I don't think they're going to want to do that. That, that seems... I don't know. That seems kind of that seems kind of out of left field, honestly. And you're taking production man hours and bandwidth away from Destiny Three when you do it. Taking King, do you think Microsoft will partner with Bungie to support PC players and help with the budget? <laughs> Phil Spencer's tweet was worded very interestingly when they when they announced they were splitting with Activision. Okay. Phil Spencer said he was looking forward to working on a franchise he loves so much. Literally used that phrase. Like, the phrasing was working on. Not working with, working on. Phil Spencer ain't no dummy. Very smart guy. Very sharp. The best presser presenter in the business when they do these pressers and they do their, their presentations at E3. Phil... Philly is the best, okay? Um... Phil Spencer is, is the man, okay? So, I think when he said that, working on, I think Microsoft is a part of the future in some way. In some way. So is Epic. So is Epic. I could see a shift. I could see D3 on the Epic Store crossplay. I could see Microsoft providing the dedicated servers. Um... I, I could see a lot I could see a lot of things there potentially lining up I do I do epic jumped on the announcement too epic jumped on the announcement too they did they jumped right on that announcement so uh, the next game could be huge it could be big things he said working with yeah working with or working on. Do we do you have a link to the tweet Opinions gets you banned? I swore to you he said working on. I swore he used that phrase that he was working on. What's what's his what's his Twitter username? I want to make sure we have accurate information uh, in here. Phil Spencer Wait, he oh you got the tweet. Okay, hang on a second. I might have been wrong. I thought he said working on. Okay, looking forward to a very bright future working with one of my favorite independent studios and on one of my favorite franchises. Read the whole tweet, buddy. Excited to see how they continue to grow and evolve Destiny. There's two phrases there, my friend. Two distinct. He uses both on purpose. He uses both on purpose. Think about it. If he said on, they could be like, oh, he just means working with. No. Phil Spencer says, looking forward to a very bright future, working with one of my favorite independent studios on one of my favorite franchises. Boom, boom. It's a two punch. It's a two punch. Excited to see how they continue to grow and evolve destiny. I'm telling you, that is worded. There There is a lot of intentionality in that tweet, I promise you. Why do you keep saying Philly D? Philly D is a YouTuber. <laughs> Phil Spencer is not Philly D. <laughs> you keep putting Philly D in the chat. Mm-hmm. 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 But does that mean Destiny, though? Yeah. It means Destiny. What else could it mean, homie? Phil Spencer, like, really read it and really think with me here. Okay? And on one of my favorite franchises. He, how, does, how is it not Destiny? he says on one of my favorite franchises like that that has to be destiny he loves destiny he's been very honest about that he's talking about destiny come on man you were wrong don't try and dial it back or recreate it (laughs) halo get the frick out of here uh twisky The old content is always left behind. Look at the raids. Shouldn't they add specific abilities to the old content to help people uh, evolve to the new one? I remember in the division having to do the first incursion again and again and again to help me go through the new incursions. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Repurposing old raids is a good idea, I think, at this point. Um, You got the old rage, you got the raid layers. Uh, I think they've got a lot of reason to repurpose them. Alex, Mike, don't you think you could get a lot of pushback on the next annual pass if it's just repurposed content that players already paid for? No, no, because that's not all they're going to do. That's not what I said. I said they could bolster and beef up the annual pass with that. And if you're going to complain about 35 bucks or whatever the price is, it's another year of content injection. If, if people are going to complain about that, cool. Don't buy it. I don't give a frick. Like, quit asking for everything to be free and great. Like, seriously. I don't care. Caustic Frog. What do you think needs to happen to leveling? When I play Destiny, it feels that power level and character level conflict. And character level's just a joke. Many RPGs that I played focus on the importance on character level, where your power level came in tiers with weapons stronger, weaker base, and level requirements. I mean, they do the same thing in Division, and I think it works. They do the same thing in Division, and it works. So... I would say, um, I would say that you don't really need to to mess with it that much. Blues and purples just need to drop at your level to give milestones more intentionality and bolster so you could round out your gear before doing milestones. What would you like to see in the next annual pass lore story loot wise? I just want to see all the loot repurposed. I want to see really, really good perks. I want to see maybe bigger perk trees on all the new gear. So you maybe continue to motivate us to put down the old stuff taken king uh add on to the last one what if uh, what uh what is epic does the pc platform for d3 to bring crossplay? i mean i literally just said that do you think d3 will be on pc just curious as vicarious build everything up now that vicarious Activision? will bungie be able to do it themselves i i'm they would not leave behind pc uh mick reaper if they take away crucible do you think they will leave us private matchmaking at least i have no idea destiny on the nintendo switch If these new, more powerful switches are true and get announced, I could see them, yes. Making the game in the Unreal Engine would allow them the scalability to make the new Destiny run on a more powerful switch, yes. Jinja 300. If the leaks are to be believed, do you think the planet planetside PvPV could include something like faction rally? Yeah, maybe. You choose a side and you kind of fight for it. Shogun. Do you think uh, now that Bungie are in control they'll get D3 right on the initial vanilla release, like D1 and D2? I think they know I think they have a really, really great foundation. Um, D2's development started so early they didn't know what they knew at the end of D1. They get to the end of D1 they get to the end of d1 and they know tons of stuff that they didn't know two years prior when they started building d2 so please no switch why would it matter if it's on the switch why in the frick would you care if they build it in the unreal engine it's a scalable and adaptable game there's a stronger switch out cross if what about cross play cross save and you could take your switch with you and play are you kidding me why would you not want that I hope that Borderlands 3 ends up on the Switch and the new, more powerful Switches can run Borderlands 3 because then I could take my character with me and grind on trips. Are, that'd be freaking awesome. You're nuts. Uh, Odd Starbiter. Off topic, but was going to buy Borderlands Remastered since I never beat it when I was younger. Is it worth the playthrough? 100%. Yes. My YouTube channel right now has a beginner's guide for Borderlands. Perfectly timed today on purpose is why I put it up there an order to play borderlands in advice about the dlcs advice about the classes watch the video the dawn 4-4 if d3 does not have pvp do you think crossplay would be more viable yep and i think they're gonna i think we're gonna get it in regards to crossplay ashen annihilator says how much longer do you think sony can roadblock it before they have to say okay you win Uh, i really want to hook up with my old buds again who can't afford a killer pc I think the writing's on the wall. I think that Fortnite and Epic have made enormous strides, and I think Borderlands is another nail in the coffin of that crap stubbornness. Really, truly, Borderlands 3 is a nail in the coffin. Fortnite did it, and then Gearbox drops the most one of the most anticipated games with crossplay. Get with the frickin' program, Sony. A <clears> at <throat> hey, Chevy. Previously, I did a poll of players who would rather have a smaller DLC to get us through a year of content in order to allow for a more focus on D3 to make it the best game possible. What do you think of this idea, especially with Borderlands 3 launching at the same time? I've always said I'm far happier if you pacify me and focus more energy on the next game. I said that about D2. I was thrilled with Age of Triumph because it was like, focus on the next game. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. I would be on board with them doing another annual pass at the end of next year. I'd be fine with it. (laughs) I really would. Give, give, just build, build the best game. Do it. Nobody's done it yet. Like, you read that Anthem article and you're, as a gamer, your heart kind of breaks. You're like, they were so... Dough eyed and positive and they thought they were going to build something amazing and then they didn't and it's just like oh do it build the best game I think they could do it they know more than any other company out there right now they know way more the next game could be it it could be it, take the time make that painful decision, chop your arm off and rebuild it right, it's gonna hurt but you're gonna look like Bucky at the end of Infinity War, you know what I'm saying like, your arm's gonna be pretty awesome it's gonna be better <clears throat> the Don 44, do you think Phil Spencer's tweet could mean the D3 could be an Xbox exclusive Absolute not, no horrible decision they'll never do it and Phil and Phil has said they are moving away from spending money on exclusives like that, they're not doing it the Tomb Raider was like the last time they really really did it, they're not going to do that again Mighty Moose ask one. Hep- uh, Taken King asked one heck of good questions, my follow up uh, is that, do you think a potential partnership with Microsoft and or Epic means Sony's exclusive rights of content on the PS4 and eventually the PS5 uh, personal note: Cross-platform play would revolutionize Destiny and bring so many Guardians back into the game. Telling you, I'm telling you, like there's so much that I think is going to happen with the next game. I really do. I'm not a fanboy. I truly think it could be the game to to really land the the looter shooter game as service plane. So basic. Do you think Bungie getting away from their Tiger engine is the reality for D3, slow updates and the same way? They literally have to get away from it. They do. They do. Read that article about Anthem and look me straight in the face and tell me that Bungie can build a good game in this engine. They can do it. Look me straight in the face and tell me. They can't. You read that Anthem article and you're like, this is literally what happened to Destiny. If you don't jettison the engine, then we're just, we're just, we're all waiting for mediocrity to get off the bus. We're all looking down the road. It'll be here soon, in a couple years. Here it comes into the station, more mediocrity. And not only that, it'll be mediocrity on new consoles in a landscape of higher, newer expectations about game as service games with size and scope. You talk about a dud it'll be a dud I just you I'm telling you you read that Kotaku article about the frostbite engine literally being the single greatest cause of their development struggles beyond the lack of leadership and decisive you know decisiveness you can't you we can't do this again we cannot do this again I I will I will be so shocked and worried if they don't rebuild the game in a new engine I'll be shocked and worried unless they figured out some kind of you know jujitsu with the engine to give them more uh, more speed and efficiency i how on earth are you going to build a game on the new consoles and the new platform i just i don't know neon curry do you think with microsoft saying things do you think some assets from halo's fps team are going to be working with destiny instead and the necessity for people like josh Hamrick were were necessary with the full caliber of dedicated esports team from 343. Well, now you're going really far down the rabbit hole. I don't know about that. Um, the Halo team is 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 probably in full swing on their game. So, I'm going to say probably not. Probably not to that to that question. All right, that's plenty of questions. We got a lot more to talk about and a lot more questions to do. If you like this content and you're here live, please click the follow button. I love this. I do it all the time. I do this style of content in Division, uh, uh, Borderlands anthem if you love this if you love what we're doing click the follow button join us here uh that's a free and easy way to support my twitch stream if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always join us live twitch.tv slash say no to rage or throw me a follow on twitter thank you for all the great follows on twitter at say no to rage as with all of my content I appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe